Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Connie Haynes, comedians Bud Abbott and Lou Costello, Ava Gardner, Captain Chuck Yeager, the first man to fly faster than the speed of sound, and Bob Hope. Connie Haynes was always a favorite of American servicemen all over the world. Here she is on a command performance program in 1944. The boy was in a uniform. The girl was there by choice. He raised her chin. She raised her eyes And then she raised her voice Gee, I love my G.I. guy My G.I. guy loves me No one loves like he and I My G.I. The nicest wish I wish you Is for you to meet another guy Like my government issue Oh, gee, I love my G.I. guy My G.I. guy loves me Gee, I love my G.I. guy my G.I. guy loves me No one loves like him I My G.I. guy and me Oh, what he does to my heart There is no one who can say I'm not doing my part Oh, G.I. love The comedy team of Bud Abbott and Lou Costello couldn't be beat. In the 1940s, their motion pictures were box office smashes, and they won the motion picture popularity poll year after year. Their NBC radio show was also high on the rating charts. It is undoubtedly because of routines like this. All right. How do you do? Uh, what can I do for you? Well, I'll tell you. My wife told me I got a refund coming of $365. You see, I work for the Internal Revenue. You know, I'm a, you know, a janitor. Yes, I know. You work here in the building. Yeah, I've been working in this office uh, here. That's right. So she told me as long as I've been working here for a year, yes. on the 10th year, I got $365 coming to me at a dollar a day. Oh, now, wait a minute. I think I have your record. You, you right give me $365 here. and I'll go. Well, now, let's see here. We have a few questions to ask, first of all. 
You have, have 365 days of the dollar a day coming, is that it? That's right. And you wish to be reimbursed. I don't want to burst nothing. Give me the money, I'll get out. <laughs> how many hours a day did you work? I worked eight hours a day. Eight hours a day. And uh, how many hours are there in a day? What, are you trying to kill me or something? No, I'm asking you now. Everybody knows that. Well, how many? Well, there's 24 hours in a day. Right. All but February, which has 28. <laughs> Uh, 24 hours in a day. By working eight hours, you only worked a third of each day. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Well, a third of $365 would be uh, $121. So you only have $121 coming to you. Excuse me. Now, I suppose you get $365. Yes, I understand that. So on account of the eight hours a day, you take... Now, I got $121 coming That's to me? That's correct. You just wrecked my vacation. Well, uh, in one sense of the word, yes. And in the other sense of the word, my $365 just went through a reorganization. Well, you can call it that. Well, give me that $121, I get out. But? I knew there was a but. Now, wait a minute, please. With the internal revenue, my boy. There's uh, 52 Sundays in the year that you didn't work. Am I correct? You don't work on Sunday. Certainly not. You don't expect to get paid, do you? Nobody works on Sunday. All right, so we'll deduct the 52 from the 121, leaving $69 coming. <laughs> I got $69 coming $69. to me now? $69. Now, before I had $121. Well, you didn't work, sons. You've got to take that off. We've got to be uh, honest with the government. You mean I got $69 coming $69, to me now? $69, and uh, yes, that's it. Are uh, you sure you got this right? Now, look, please, uh, don't uh, don't interrupt me. You're, uh, you're, you're disrupting my calculations here. Hey, you're wrecking my income here. Wait a minute, please. Where, where was I? You just had a toehold on my $69. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'll tell you what you do. Give me the $69 and I'll get out. But... Ah, there goes that butt again. Uh, now, wait a minute. You didn't work, uh, let's see, all day on Saturdays, did you? No, I don't work on Saturdays. That's half a right, day. a half a day. That's, I'm glad you reminded me. I'm yeah. glad you reminded me. There's 52 Saturdays in a year. Half of 52 is 26. So we'll deduct 26 from 69, leaving the sum of $43. Now I got $43. Yeah, it. that's right. Sum up. Sum up. If I get yeah. some of it, I'll be no, very no, lucky. Wait a minute. <laughs> Look, give me the $43 I'll get out of uh, here. But there goes yeah. that butt again. Now, my dear friend, you got a... Uh, Look, you got a couple of dollars, I'll take a couple of dollars. A couple of dollars? Yeah. What are you talking about? Give me a couple of dollars, I'll get out of here. But, uh... But, uh, but, uh... But, will you please? Well, you're all right. You gave me a cigar, but, uh, All right, look. Give me a tube of shaving cream. Shaving cream? Give me the empty tube. The empty tube? Give me the cat. The cat. If you want to shave, shave why don't you go to a barber shop? I'm getting trimmed here. No, no, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Look, give me a couple of dollars. I'll now, get wait out of a here. minute, just a minute. Yeah. Uh, you took a vacation. Two weeks. Two weeks. That's 14 days. So we'll deduct 14 from 43, leaving $29 coming to you. That is barring default. Never mind default. Default is mine for letting my wife tell me to come on down here and well, get $365. Friend, we want to give you what's coming to you. I ain't getting it. Well, uh, wait a minute. You can't blame the government for that. Can you? No, well, give me something, I'll get out of here. Give me a couple of dollars, I'll get out of here. Just a minute, now, just a minute. You got two dollars? Wait a minute. You did take time out for lunch, didn't you? This is gonna run out for money. You did take time out for lunch? Yeah, one hour. One hour? Yeah. An hour a day. 365 days. That's 365 hours. That's equivalent to about 15 days, I'd take it. You might as well take it. You've taken everything else. Fifteen from twenty-nine is fourteen, but now I know it better than you. Wait, now, wait. Give me something, I get out. Just a minute. Just a minute. You've got fourteen dollars coming to you. Now, you didn't work. 
You didn't work uh, 13 holidays that we have up here, did you? You're not going to charge me now, for Columbus Day decoration. Now, wait, now, I'm only thinking out loud. I didn't work. No, I didn't work. You that. didn't work those holidays. Well, now, wait a minute. We can't, we can't pay if you didn't work, can we? No. So we'll deduct the 13 from the 14, leaving $1 coming to you. That's well, look, I mean, after all, I had more money than that when I first came in the no, place. That's <laughs> I mean, I mean... That's barring uh, all deductions. Never mind the deductions. Deductions. You deduct this, you deduct the no. ducks is getting it all. Well, now, wait a minute. Well, look, never mind. I mean, give me something and let me get out of here, no, will you? Just take it easy. Take it easy. Well, well, let me get out of I'm here. I'm trying to figure this thing out for you in a proper manner. Well, I'm not getting excited. No, calm down. Take it easy. Calm. Take it easy. Give me 50 cents. Anything I get out. Take it easy. Yeah, yeah. Please take it easy. Yeah. Now, uh, you have a dollar coming to you. And there, as you said, same dollar. Thank you. I will scratch you off the books. Eh? Withholding tax. <laughs> hey, uh. There you are, my boy. And there, there you are. 80 cents. Now I, now I get 80 cents? Have a good time. Now I get 80 cents after having $365, you give me 80 cents? Well, that's all that's really actually coming to you, my dear friend. I can't help you. I... I didn't want to cause any trouble here with you. You're not causing me any trouble. I'm just doing my job. I, my wife told me I had $365 coming. We were going to take a vacation because... We have... We have another mouth to feed. Wait a minute. Lou, you never told me that. I, I didn't want to tell you. you when I was work, working in the office, I didn't want to tell you my troubles. Another mouth to feed. And I need the money because that little fella eats. He really eats. I'm sorry to hear that, Lou. Well, look, why don't you do this? You're entitled to $600 for a deduction for another mouth to feed, Lou. I didn't know how to make out the income tax return. Well, you should have. You should have deducted it, Lou. But I'll, I'll arrange for all that in here. Here's $50. That'll help you on the way. And here's $50 of my own money. I ought to take care of the little one. This is for the little fella? Yes, certainly. You're a wonderful oh, chap. that's all right. And thank you ever so much. That's, that's okay. You're in line. You're swell. Uh, by the way, uh, what is it, a boy or a girl? It's a goldfish. A, a goldfish? <laughs> Bob Hope celebrated his 65th birthday on May 29, 1968, and he's still going strong. Bob has probably entertained more people than any other human, and without a doubt more servicemen with his personal appearances for the Army, Navy, Marine, Coast Guard, and Air Force all over the world. During the summer of 1950, I had an opportunity to travel with Bob Hope, and one of the stops was at Norton Air Force Base in San Bernardino, California. If you've never seen a Bob Hope show in person, do me a favor and catch it next time he comes to your part of the world. Meanwhile, here's some excerpts from the Bob Hope Radio Show in 1950. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Here we are at the Norton Air Base at San Bernardino, the home of wafts, oranges, and smudge pots. <laughs> For the benefit of you city folks, a smudge pot is a tin thing that burns oils and smokes. You can see them on any used car lot. But I like... But I like San Bernardino. This is where the Eastern tourists take off their overcoats long enough to put a sweater under it.
like San Bernardino, San Berdu as the natives call it. This is the home of the famous orange show. They have orange groves here surrounded by mountains with snow on them. Then the rainy season comes and the whole thing turns into one big highball. <laughs> one of the natives here told me that all they drink here is fruit juice. Last night I went into the cave. It's the first time I ever saw an orange with a head on it. But they have beautiful weather here for raising oranges. Of course, occasionally they have to do a little smudging. A little smudging. That's a local expression, meaning you better start firing, Herman. The three acres have already turned to sherbet. <laughs> and there's a lot of civilian workers at this Norton Air Base. There's so many that during working hours, the girls outnumber the soldiers. And after working hours, the soldiers are outnumbering the girls. <laughs> The, the boys like pinup girls here. One soldier has pictures of Hedy Lamar, Lana Turner, and Betty Grable all around his bed. He goes to sleep nights counting barbecued sheep. <laughs> and it's pretty tough getting to Hollywood because there's a bad shortage of buses here. Nothing but real old ones. They keep the greyhounds so busy they don't have time for new litters. And it isn't exactly impossible to get a seat on the bus going to Hollywood, but last Saturday, one poor fellow spent an hour and a half proving he was the driver before they let him on. <laughs> of course, it's worth waiting if you get a seat next to one of these wafts. Woof! <laughs> Boy, they're beautiful. These wafts are real students of the Air Force, and they know every maneuver that can be made in a plane, a cruiser, or a taxi. <laughs> these girls do a lot of mechanical work. I made a tour of inspection, and I never saw such neat jobs of assembly from head to toe. And a lot of these wafts cut their hair real short. At a distance, they're like a man. When you get close, they're like a woman. And if you get too close, they're like a man again. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know if these wafts affect the aviators around here or not, but the other day, one of them hung her slip on the observation tower to dry, and it's the first time in history a pilot ever came in three hours ahead of his plane. <laughs> gentlemen, early this morning, Bob went out to the Burbank Airport in Los Angeles to meet the man who was going to fly him up here to Muroc, the famous jet pilot, Captain Chuck Yeager. I wanted to see how Bob would feel about flying in a jet plane, so I went out to the airport to see them off. Say hi. I can't wait to get started. Imagine what a thrill this will be. I'm not only flying to Muroc in a jet plane, but the pilot's going to be Captain Chuck Yeager, the first guy to fly fast enough to break through the supersonic wall. Yeah, I know all that, Bob, but what I want to know is, where did you get that weird flying outfit? Well, what's the matter with it? <laughs> it looks awful baggy in the back. Well, it's a seat cover from a coupe, and I'm built more like a station wagon, you see? <laughs> hey, would you look around for Captain Yeager? Hi, I can't see through these goggles. There's a little fog in my starboard porthole. Uh, well, here comes someone in Air Force uniform now, Bob. Hey, buddy. I'm going to take off Matt Runaway in a few minutes. Do you mind moving that Jeep with the big headlights? <laughs> that's not a Jeep. It's Bob Hope. Yeah, well, I paid two bits to park here. Hey, wait a minute. Hi, that's Captain Chuck Yeager. There he is. <laughs>
Hello, Bob. Hello, Hamlin, West Virginia. Yes, sir. How are you, Chuck? Gee, I can't wait to take off in your jet plane. Boy, that's the way to travel. Sure is. We'll be in the air in a few minutes. Here, Bob, I brought you a crash helmet. Oh, thanks. Gee, it fits exactly. Say, how do you like that the stores told me they didn't have my size? That's right. They don't make uh, flying helmets to fit a head like yours. <laughs> Just read the lines like they are. <laughs> Um, they don't make flying helmets my size, huh? Then, then where did you get this one? I put a chin strap on a cantaloupe skin <laughs> Yeah, I wish I were going on this flight with you guys Even though there is some danger Danger? Oh, it's nothing to worry about, Bob But under tremendous pressure Some people get molecular cobalitis and they never regain consciousness. Molecular colobitis? What's that? Well, your red corpuscles are disintegrated by the white ones, and your blood becomes like milk. Is it too late to get Elsie the cow? <laughs> but, Chuck, you didn't tell me. What was that? What was that? Oh, the mechanic's warming up my jet job. Uh, we'd better take off now. Come on, Bob. Well, we don't have to be in such a hurry. You're not nervous, are you? Nervous? Who's nervous? <laughs> My teeth always chatter like this in the morning. <laughs> Look, Captain, before I get in that plane, I want to know just what happens on these flights. Well, uh, first of all, I check everything thoroughly, and you know, at those supersonic speeds, if anything happens, it's the end of both of us. <laughs> what was that? One half of Bob's goggles just fell off. <laughs> you know, as soon as we get in the air, we'll climb up to around 40,000 feet, and your oxygen mask had better be secure. Now the pressure will get you and your lungs will collapse. There goes the other half. <laughs> of course, we have to be sure there are no leaks in the canopy. If any air gets in when we're going over 700 miles an hour, you'll get smashed like a housefly. What was that? Bob just joined his goggles. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's what happened this morning at Burbank Airport. Isn't that right, Captain Yeager? Yeah, that's what happened. Well, uh, how was the trip up here to Muroc, Captain? Oh, I had a swell flight, huh? But Bob's over in the base hospital getting oxygen. He had an attack of altitude sickness. Oh, the trip in the jet was too much for him, huh? No, uh, Bob didn't fly up with me. At the last minute, he backed out. Well, then how did he get altitude sickness? He came up on a Greyhound bus and got a high seat over a wheel. <laughs> So, Bob's in the hospital, huh? Yeah, but don't feel sorry for him. Ava Gardner's over there holding his hand. Here's a glass of water, Bob. Thanks, Ava. Go ahead, Bob, and finish your story about the trip down here. Oh, yes. Where was I? Well, uh, the plane was in a terrific spin. Captain Yeager fainted from fright. You had just started a dead motor with a fingernail file, and you were kicking the ice off the wings with your feet while you tapped out a radio message with your nose. <laughs> 
Yes, and what made it even more difficult, Ava, was that somehow or other an eagle had gotten into the plane, and during all this, it was laying eggs in my hair. <laughs> I was courageous, but methy. Gee, Bob. You know, I've never heard a story to equal this one for heroism. To tell the truth, neither have I. <laughs> but there I was, Ava, going along at 1,700 miles an hour, when all of a sudden... Wait, wait a minute, I, Bob. I, hmm? I thought that the fastest anyone had ever flown was around 800 miles an hour. How could you be going 1,700? Well, there was very little traffic. As a matter of fact... <laughs> what I mean is, uh... Look, I, if uh... what you say is true, Bob, hmm? if it's true... How could you land a jet plane without any previous experience? Oh, I didn't have any trouble, Ava. After Captain Yeager came to, came to, he gave me advice. Captain Yeager came to? Uh-huh. Then why didn't he land the plane himself? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, the control tower wouldn't let him land on account of Muroc regulations. Muroc regulations? <laughs> yes, they could see on the radar screen that he wasn't wearing a necktie. But, uh... <laughs> things at MGM, Ava? Well, I've been pretty busy. I just finished a Technicolor film called Showboat. Really? Well, you know, Ava, there's a rumor going around that you're doing everything you can to get me as the leading man in your next picture. It's all, it's all over Hollywood. Oh? You know, I haven't heard about it. <laughs> well, you live in Beverly Hills, and I'm covering that territory. <laughs> and I'm covering that territory next week. That's your way to the lines, <laughs> But seriously, Ava, why, why don't you come over to my studio and make a picture? Oh, it's very nice of you to ask me, Bob. But the studio usually picks someone to play opposite me who is more the reckless, dashing type. Yes, I know. Do you think it would help any if you told them how I flew a jet plane down here and blacked out at 40,000 feet? Oh, yeah, that reminds me, Bob. I've got something in my purse that belongs to you. Here. Oh, gee, these, these are my flying goggles. Where'd you find them, Ava? Well, Bob, you see, when you blacked out at 40,000 feet, they fell on my lap. I was sitting in back of you on the Greyhound bus. Oh, thanks. For the memory of Edwards Air Force Base, where jet planes fly through space, the men on wing will help to bring peace to the human race. And we thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again to Ava Gardner, Connie Haynes, Captain Chuck Yeager, the woodshedders, and the men of Muroc Air Base, who have the world's biggest job, keeping Uncle Sam's air the way it's kept at your corner service station free. Good night. <laughs> concludes this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past few minutes. This is Frank Brzee inviting you back again next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.